So as I was preparing for the sermon today, I uh, made the mistake, maybe, of, uh, of listening to my own sermon on the prodigal son uh, that I delivered a couple of years ago. And I, I, it's, in, it's in the podcast, uh, Translating Tradition, if you want to look it up. Um, uh, I, I don't think I can do any better than I did two years ago. So I'm not going to speak about the prodigal son. The only thing I might, because I, I, what I try and do, I try not to repeat myself too much. Uh, it's an occupational hazard, so I'm sure I repeat myself more than I should already. Uh, um, but, uh, but I think the only thing I would add, if I, if I had to kind of... Um, thoroughly sorted it out in my own mind is, is maybe how and why to party. Uh, but I think I have to think about that one a little more. So stay tuned, maybe next year uh, we'll, we'll talk about how and why to party as Orthodox Christians. Um, what I wanted to do today then uh, is, uh, today is the celebration of the feast day of St. Nicholas of Japan. And as most of you know, uh, while my year that I spent in Japan as a missionary English teacher did not make me Orthodox, it certainly made me made it possible for me to become Orthodox. It was it was in Japan that I learned to bow. It was in in Japan that I had my first real cross cultural experience, which stood me in good stead when I had the massive cross cultural experience of coming to an Orthodox church. Uh, and uh, and it was in in Japan that I, I that I first learned that. Tradition is not always a bad thing. Uh, in fact, sometimes it's a very good thing. Um, so in honor of, of the fact that it is because of Japan that I am here, um, I wanted to speak to you today about the, the life of St. Nicholas of Japan. So St. Nicholas was Russian. Uh, he was uh, the son of, of, of a very large family. I, I think his father was a deacon, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, uh, he, uh, his family, being a large Russian family, were quite poor. Uh, he, and he decided he was going to go to seminary. Uh, the seminary was like 150 miles away. So every time that he, uh, it would, he, could, he could live there, but he didn't have enough money to actually get there, so he would walk to seminary uh, uh, at the beginning of the term uh, and, and walk 150 miles back at the end of the term. Um, he he was. It was during his time at seminary that he heard about. Uh, it was a, it was a point at which Japan was finally opening up to the rest of the world for for many years. Uh, the, uh, since the Tokugawa shogunate, uh, the, the Japan had been closed to foreigners, except for a few people who were uh, like the Dutch and and uh, who who were allowed to be on this this island. But other than that, no foreigners were allowed. But eventually. Uh, American gunship diplomacy literally uh, opened up the country, uh, and and people, it's Japan started having uh, relationships with, with the rest of the world. So it was at this period uh, in in the 1860s when there there was a. Um, uh, a, a, now a Russian consulate in Hokkaido, the, the northern uh, island of Japan, that um, uh, St. Nicholas heard about the opportunity to, to go to Japan because they were, were just built a, a chapel there, uh, f largely for the Russian diplomats who were, who were uh, in Hokkaido. Um, and, uh, and so he applied for, for the job. And, uh, uh, and 
he was one of five people. The other, the other four dropped out when they heard that one of the job requirements was that it was for a celibate priest, and they didn't want to be celibate priests. So, but Saint Nicholas was like, well, you know, I'd never really thought about getting married, so whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Uh, then they were actually a little concerned because he was actually very, very good academically. Uh, he was a very good student. Uh, and, and they felt like, well, this is maybe a bit of a waste of time because you're a really good academic. And he agreed, yeah, actually, it might be kind of a waste of time because I'm really not that interested in serving the Russians. I want to evangelize Japan. <laughs> Uh, so uh, eventually they came to the agreement that yeah I guess I guess he's the guy for the job and he 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 was uh, preparing to go to Japan when he had an encounter with um, Saint Innocent uh, of Alaska uh, who, who was kind of at, toward, towards the end of his missionary work um, Saint Saint Innocent dropped by and uh, talked to this young man who was who was thinking of going on to Japan, and basically said, "Why do you have all these books by, you know, various European authors in various European languages?" I mean, he was pretty good at languages. Um, you know, you're going to Japan. You should be studying Japanese. <coughs> uh, <coughs> and then he also commented on. Um, Saint Nicholas's shoddy cassock. Uh, it wasn't was in poor repair, and so Saint Innocent actually helped uh, Saint Nicholas uh, uh, cut the cloth for and sew his own cassock, uh, so that he'd be look presentable. Because the Japanese do care about appearances, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, and gave him his own bronze cross, uh, and and he went off to Japan. Now, as I say, Japan was just opening up. But it was, still wasn't very open. It was. It was. Uh, um, there, there was. Uh, there were a lot of. Uh, well, Saint Nicholas himself says the the Japanese looked upon them as beasts, uh, the, the foreigners as beasts. And 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 one of his first converts uh, kind of illustrates this. Uh, his, his name was uh, Sawabe. Uh, so Sawabe-san, I guess. Um, I, I forget his Japanese name. His his eventual baptismal name was Paul. Um, who was the son-in-law of a Shinto priest and uh, a bit of a Japanese nationalist. Uh, and the, he was certainly one of those people who thought that these foreigners were a blight on Japan and needed to be driven out. And so he shows up one day with a samurai sword uh, in St. Nicholas's quarters and basically says, if you don't leave, I will kill you. So leave. And St. Nicholas, hears him out and says, okay, well, do you know anything about Christianity? Do you know why I'm here? And so my son had to say, well, actually, no, I, I guess I don't. Well, let me, let me tell you. So he sits him down and he starts telling him about Christianity. And about halfway through, uh, so obviously I asked to like get some a pen and paper to, to take notes. And he's like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> and and he, he, he continued his study and eventually became uh, St. Nicholas's first convert. Uh, um, uh, and and I, I think, if I, again, if I remember correctly, he, he was eventually uh, ordained a few years later as, uh, as uh, the first priest in the mission. Um, it was still tough going. Uh, the Japanese had had you know about 
three or four hundred years worth of viewing Christianity as kind of a, a debased sect and non-Japanese and something. And and so in, toward at the at this beginning period, there were really very few, and it was very difficult to do to do the work. Um, uh, there were maybe twenty uh, that who who were who were uh, worshiping with Saint Saint Nicholas there, um, but. Uh, and and the, there was a renewed persecution as well on the part of the authorities. And so actually out of concern for his Japanese converts, uh, St. Nicholas uh, sent them away. He, so he told Sawabe-san and a few other Japanese converts that he had, you, you, you really should leave uh, and just, just go and kind of blend into the background because... Um, because, you know, as converts, Japanese uh, converts to Christianity, your lives are, are potentially in danger. So they, they went away and they started preaching. And the mission uh, started to grow because uh, all, uh, wherever these, these people went, they were telling the gospel, uh, and they were, of course, Japanese. Uh, and so they, they within uh, the, the um, and, and eventually things started to loosen up and, and they could print like a newsletter and, and in, in Japanese and, and start circulating it. And, and between the, the efforts of St. Nicholas and those who, whom he had already converted, um, the, the, the church began to grow. Uh, eventually, St. Nicholas uh, was, was, um, was, was um, uh, called back and he, had, uh, he, he founded the, the uh, Japan Mission Society, uh, got, raised some money, and uh, um, a couple of years later came back and, and moved down to Tokyo and began uh, looking for property uh, that, would, that would be appropriate. Um, and and found some uh, some land uh, an estate on higher ground and with the money that he'd raised was able to buy uh, a place to build a church uh, which was itself um, beset with some difficulties uh, not least of which the the area that he was building on was um, kind of fairly high up in Tokyo and it was considered bad form to build anything higher than three stories because you might end up looking in on the imperial palace uh, um, whereas he wanted to build a big cathedral and so but he pressed on and eventually Nicolaido as it became known uh, affectionately by everybody around uh, Nikolai's house uh, uh, was 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 completed and built and uh, and it became one of the sort of great architectural features of, of Tokyo uh, at, at that time. Uh, by, the end of, towards, by the end of his life, uh, St. Nicholas had translated uh, the Gospels, the liturgy, the liturgical books, and he was working on the Old Testament into Japanese. St. Nicholas loved the Japanese language, a big change from when Saint uh, Saint Innocent had to kind of prod him a couple of times to you know make sure you learn the language. No, he, he loved the language. He he was very careful in terms of his translation. Uh, it he, um, and 
one might possibly say a little too careful, you take, consider the usage, of, the historical usage of each character that he was using, uh, and, and if, if the character had been used in a context which, which gave it negative connotations, he wouldn't use that. Uh, so that his translation was, on the one hand, praised for its exactitude, and the other hand, it was a little difficult. It was already a bit archaic uh, by, by the time that, uh, that he had completed it. <clears throat> um, in terms of it, its its phrasing, uh, Saint Nicholas made the argument, uh, which is you know it's a reasonable argument. I've heard it made before that it, w what we're doing when we're engaging with the scriptures is bringing people up to the level of the scriptures, not bringing the scriptures down to the level of the common the, the commonest the lowest common common denominator, uh, and and so. Um, so he, he persisted, and, by, and as I say, by the end of his life, he'd, he'd, he'd uh, translated uh, all of the Gospels, I think actually all of the New Testament, um, all, all of the liturgical books, and he's working on the Old Testament. Uh, and uh, he, from, from a, a humble beginning of maybe 20 or so, uh, he now, there were now 33,000 Christians in Japan. All of the clergy were native, um, and and the the church had weathered uh, a, a, a very difficult time during the Russo-Japanese War, when uh, Saint Nicholas was, uh, of course, a Russian in Japan. Uh, the the liturgy, the litur liturgy uh, um, asked uh, in the liturgy there are prayers for the armed forces. Uh, and uh, St. Nicholas encouraged his native Japanese clergy to pray for the country, for the, the armed forces. He couldn't bring himself to do it himself, so he actually just absented himself from any of those public prayers uh, uh, for, for the duration of the war. But he refused to leave. People were encouraging him to leave for his own safety, but he refused. He 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 said, "No, this is this is where I belong." Uh, he had a uh, he ended up having a ministry to the um, the the Russian POWs, uh, and uh, and 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 then simply continued. Uh, uh, he died in uh, uh, on, on this day in in uh, uh, 1912. Uh, he went to his to his rest, uh, as I say, leaving the the Japanese Orthodox Church um, in very very good shape indeed, considering that he started with twenty people. So, what can we learn from the life of Saint Nicholas? <clears throat> I would suggest there's a few things. Um, one of which is we need to be. Uh, we need to, to, to make sure that as we are bringing the gospel to those around us, that we're speaking the, their language. We're putting things in terms that they understand. That's why we have St. John's. This is the, the English language Orthodox Church in Vancouver. Uh, it is our job to translate the tradition, to make sure that, that as we are sharing our faith, our hope uh, with those around us in whatever opportunity we, we have, whether that be active or passive, whether it be uh, that, that, we, that, uh, that, that we are always doing so in a way that is understandable. 
And that, uh, as, as St. Peter says in his epistle, you know, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. Uh, and so, so just as St. Nick, it, it does require a certain amount of study. Uh, admittedly, we at least speak the language of, of, uh, he, of the people here in North America, most of us. Um, but it is our job to, to translate because there's a whole bunch of, just as St. Nicholas encountered, there's a whole bunch of misunderstandings about what Christianity really is. Uh, misunderstandings that are often so bad that people want to kill us, or would at least rather we weren't there. <laughs> Probably won't have any samurai show up on our doorstep with naked swords, but, but, but we do have to be prepared uh, to die for our faith if need be, and to encounter misunderstanding and to address it. Because most of the people who are attacking our faith aren't really attacking our faith. They're attacking what they think our faith is, what they think we believe. But if they just sit down for a moment and listen to what it is that we really believe, you know, God is love. He loved us so much that he became one of us because he wanted us to know him. He wanted us to know the way back to be reconciled with him. And this is, he, he, he came so that we can love one another. He came to teach us how to love one another. How do you fight against that? Really? If you really understand the gospel, you kind of have to at least respect it. And who knows, maybe even embrace it. So be prepared, like St. Nicholas was, to die, to, if necessary, to, uh, to defend uh, and explain what we believe, what we really believe, uh, in language that the people around us can understand. Um, we, can, we can also learn the, the importance of uh, appearance. On, on, I'm not one. I'm one who needs to learn this thing. <laughs> um, not always uh, as cognizant of my own appearance as as I perhaps should be, uh, having having spent many years denigrating uh, the importance of appearance. But it matters. Appearances do matter. People, whether or not they should, people do judge by appearances. And it's important for us uh, to get going beyond just mere, mere matters of dress. It's important for us not to put any kind of stumbling, unnecessary stumbling block in the way of anyone who is encountering Christ in us. Uh, so we make sure that our appearance is appropriate. Might, might mean dressing down rather than dressing up, uh, in, depending on the circumstance. Uh, it, but most of all, it means ensuring that we behave and act in a manner appropriate to the situation, appropriate to the person that we are encountering, just as St. Nicholas did. And I think it might be, with, with all due respect to St. Nicholas, it, it, it's, um, it, it's, I think, at least wise to point out that our own idiosyncrasies will have an impact, both positive and negative, on the spread of the gospel. This is just 
the reality of who we are. So uh, one, of the, one of the things that the, the church in Japan struggles with today uh, is, uh, there's lots of other things, but one of the things is that they actually have all of these wonderful books, the gospel, the liturgy, translated into their own language in a, in a very uh, accurate and beautiful way by a saint, but it's very hard to understand. Because that was where St. Nicholas was coming from. You, you can argue with him. Well, I guess now we can't argue with him directly, but, but, uh, but you, can, you, can, you can disagree with, with his approach. But that was who he was. He loved the language. He loved the beauty of the language. And, and, and so uh, each one of us is going to leave behind a legacy that has both positive and negative elements. Uh, it's, it's not... We're, we're not going to do things perfectly. But that doesn't mean we should stop doing things. If, if St. Nicholas had just stopped doing things because, well, I'm not going to do this perfectly, there wouldn't have been 33,000 Christians in Japan at his death. But he did what he did out of love for God and for the people around him. And sure, there are idiosyncrasies. There always are, but uh, and sure that, that 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 leads to some some struggles that that one that that his, that those who come afterwards have to engage with. It's what we face in the church all the time. All of those who have gone before us are flawed. People like to point out their flaws. And say, oh, well, see, this person did that wrong, and this person did that wrong, and this person is doing this wrong, and this person is doing that wrong. What we do in the church is, one, first of all, we acknowledge that. Why do you think we're always saying, Lord, have mercy? We acknowledge that we are sinners, that we're messed up, that, that we're broken, and that our legacy is going to be questionable and flawed. Uh, that's kind of the, 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 what we lead with. But what we end with is we are called to be saints. And as we look back on what on those who have gone before, we don't necessarily see or certainly focus on what they did wrong. What we focus on is what they did right. Because that so often gets lost in the shuffle especially in a, an iconoclastic society like our own. Uh, and, so, and it's important to acknowledge it. And if, you, if, you, if you watch the news, it's kind of, it's kind of revealing. There's, basically, it's all bad news. And then sometimes, just because, just because it's generally all bad news, <clears throat> they, they throw in a little you know, human interest piece at the very end. It's like, the last, last 30 seconds will be a feel-good piece. Um, this is how we work as human beings, but it's actually problematic, flawed, and wrong. Because there is much more than our flaws. We are created in the image of God. What keeps the world going is the power of love. The love that we have for one another, the relationships that we have for one another. And this cannot get lost. It's important that it is acknowledged and honored and celebrated. This is why we honor the saints. 
This is why we remember the saints. This is why we commemorate them. As we are doing today with St. Nicholas. Because as we look at them, we see Christ at work. Because they are members of his body. Dedicated to doing his work. As we need to be. That we might, like them, glorify God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages.